machines showed up all encircling our building. And so, uh, you know, there's a, if you feel a dramatic effect, if you feel like while you're listening to this, you're in the movie Inception, there's just this, you're right. That's exactly what's going to, it has nothing to do with the paving machines. It's um, conviction. That's right. And you're going to find out how good both our mics and our little recording podcaster phone thing is. Yeah, if if you can hear us today, that means we've got good equipment because this is a big, crazy machine sitting right outside the window. That's right. That, you know, window's got some soundproof stuff, but it's no match for this machine. Anyway, um, as I think it's a fine. Eric will level it out. It'll be good. We're talking about communion and a church that's missional, uh, how, how you do communion, some of our views on, on that. It's a shorter podcast, but I think it was good. Yeah. And uh, again, Eric is a uh, pastor of Vill- the village uh, in Tucson, Arizona. I'm the pastor of Mission Church, and thanks for joining us. Oh, and before you hit the record button, I'd like to say, we haven't been saying, but we are in season two. Oh, yeah. And I think this is about episode 20. So okay. we're going to start saying what season and episode, just so people know. Oh, sure. All right, hey. there you go. Eric, how are you doing this morning? Um, I'm doing good. We're uh, across the table actually having breakfast. You have a muffin? I've got a poppy seed muffin. And I have an egg sandwich. Yeah. What are you drinking coffee from where? Uh, I went to the Roadrunner gas station. The Roadrunner gas station. to my daughter's school. I'm drinking tea from home. Mm-hmm. One of us is buzzing. Yeah, it's me again. You're buzzing? Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, well, this is Faith Over Breakfast. For yeah. anybody were wondering, they heard the intro, so they know who we are. That's why I didn't do an intro. We've yeah. been doing double intros. Yeah, kind double of a waste intros of time. are weird, yeah. So, so we have 30 minutes because you are uh, needing me to move your truck. I need to move my truck. And like saying, a good friend, yeah. I'm going to help you move your truck. Like a good neighbor, Eric I'm going to pick there. one side up. You're going to pick the other up. Yeah. Or you carry it. Yeah. People don't know how strong we are, do they? They have no idea. But how are you doing? I'm, uh, I'm not bad. I, I had a... Built a shed last night at my mother and father-in-law's, and it was getting dark, and I just got in like a, a, I mean, it was like I got an adrenaline rush, Mm -hmm. potentially, and uh, yeah, it was, and I'm sore this morning, because I I didn't realize how few sheds I build these days. Yeah. Did you build that shed all in one day? Uh, No. I finished it yesterday. So... That's, uh, yeah, but I'm good. I got good. I rested well because I was physically tired. So, yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. The complex here is getting paved, which is why I have to move my truck. Right. And I'm slightly nervous because they said you had to move it by today. But they're letting people park here. And yeah, there's a lot of cars parked there. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, hopefully my truck's still there and we're done with this little 30-minute podcast. Well, hopefully my car is. Yeah, you know. That's a lot of towing. That would be a lot of towing. Mm-hmm. I think we have time. About, They'll start at the front. There's probably 30 cars out there. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. So. So I texted you and said, hey, let's talk about communion and mission. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What? Why? What were you thinking? Well, I, I don't know. No. <laughs> well, you have communion every week at your church, correct? Yep. The, the body and the bread. I mean, bread. Mm-hmm. We don't do it. We just do the body and the bread. 
I was like, <laughs> you're like, what? this is a new theology. You know, yeah. Every every week you do communion, the bread representing the body, and the wine or juice representing the blood. Or yeah, a lot more involved under representation. But why do you do it every week? Yeah, especially when I suspect you would call your community missional, so that might be a confusing thing for somebody who's new to. Yeah, if they came every week, I mean, I think they might understand if once they came and it was you know this quarterly thing and like okay, it's explained that way and yeah, but it is an exclusive moment. It is to one some, of the ex- it's, it's an it's exclusive a, moment. So yeah, so I mean, I think one is we we think the early church remembered Christ in the breaking of bread, especially, and I mean, I think they met in homes and ate together and that what Jesus instituted was something that they could use as a, a, a memory tool in their everyday lives. Sure. Uh, especially as they gathered on the Lord's day. So we're keeping that tradition. Um, another reason I would say is because I think we inherently forget the gospel of grace uh, very quickly. And so, to rehearse that story in a very tangible, memorable way that we cast it a little differently every Sunday, we believe is we just need it. Um, and, you know, though we, we want people to come and, you know, and seek and listen, and we also do know and understand that like this is a worship time for the, the church. So it's not an informational meeting primarily. Mm-hmm. It's not, um, you know, though we, we want to make it accessible at the same time, it is a, it's a space for Christians to worship God in Christ. And we're not hiding that or trying to minimize that or sequestering that off to some other time. So I guess that's. Yeah. Well, you said some, an something interesting there that maybe you could expand on. We could stand on because I, you said that something that Jesus has instituted, mm-hmm. you put in there. So it's something that he's placed there with a promise of his presence at some level, right? Yeah. The other one we would talk about is baptism. Uh-huh. Those are sort of the two that he's instituted. Right. That are, yeah, he initiated these and gave us these things to do um, that have deeper meaning. And also show us, like you're saying, that he is very present in our right. midst. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I guess I've been thinking about, you know, the church, and this is, whoever's listening to us, this is slightly insider, but they are pastors, so, mm-hmm. you know, you probably expect some of that. But we right. use the word, like, sacrament. Like, so baptism is a sacrament. Communion mm-hmm. is a sacrament. Yeah. And those sacraments, I guess I was thinking of those sacraments. Define that term. Well, they're, they mean that they're a place where God is, Jesus is promised to be present. Yeah, a like sacred, this, a sacred um, a ritual, if you yeah. will. Yeah, where the presence is promised. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you go look at, like, for instance, Luke chapter 6, Jesus sends out the disciples, and they come back, and they're all excited, I believe. It's, but it's where he says, you know, whoever received you, received me, whoever rejected right. you. So there's a there's so there's this idea if if you were to define sacrament as a place of uh, where Jesus promises to show up, 
there are kinds of sacraments that happen all the time. Right. And so I guess when I was thinking about mission, I see the table as a very missional place. Whereas, I mean, you and I come have at least a large familiarity with different traditions. So you yeah. think about like the Anglican tradition, and I don't know about the PCA, but there's an expectation uh, in higher church reform places that you have uh, you've been baptized to take communion. So there's that. That's kind of a little bit of how they care for the table. Right. An easier way to say it than some of the other words. Um, yeah. Some people say fence the table. Or fence the table. Or but the, the idea table. is, yeah, the idea is like being sure that those who are coming to confess Christ really are Christians, which, right. which is, is, uh, let's just, let's just rabbit trail. How do you feel about that? How, how sure are you trying to be with somebody that comes to the table as a Christian? Well, um, here, here's the problem is I do believe that to make a choice to go to the table, you have to have some level of what theologians would call discernment. Right? You mm-hmm. need to need to discern your own yeah. thing. I think there's been a transition in all of this. And this will kind of betray maybe, you know, people know that I'm a pacifist, will betray a little bit of my Anabaptist, you know. I find um, that term. We're not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go there some other time. We don't have 30 minutes. But, you know, I, I come from uh, I come from a tradition, yeah. like, you know, the brethren tradition, which... Um, no sisters. No sisters, just brethren. Yeah. <laughs> just the brethren. Um, anyway, well, now that you said to find that, I lost it. Anyway, betray my Anabaptist thing is that it's the, it's the community that is there to discern for you. Mm. Um, and so, like, the church is the body of Christ. Right. And then the act of communion is a symbol or representation or an experience of that happening within the body. I right. think we reverse that sometimes, and so when people think, where's the body of Christ? They think, well, it's in communion. Yeah. Like, they don't tend to think of us as the community. So, when I think about people going up, it's the community's job, and therefore, the you know, those who are the the priests, the, the, the leaders of that community, together with the community to discern for those people as they go forward. So, what about the, there's a new person, and they go forward? Well, that's the thing. We present the table maybe even one step further in that we say, look, this is a place that's important to us who follow Jesus. But if you want to come in, this is the moment right. to come in. Right. We, it is at some level an altar call for our community. Yeah. It's like, do you want to proclaim? And that's why we have a right in the middle and up front. I think you guys have yours a little to the side, but it's a very public. Ours is right in the middle up front. Yeah, it's a public experience. Yeah. And I think that's important because you're announcing I stand with Jesus in front of all these people, right. and together with you, I'm taking his body, and I'm drinking his blood. I'm like, I'm, I'm proclaiming my presence, or Christ's presence in me with you. Yeah. So, that's a, so people, I think that's a way, is a way of making it missional. Yeah. But I also think there's something special about that in understanding that it's not as high as, uh, it's not so high that it can't, that kind of, power of communion can't take place at your dinner table. Right. And can't take place with those who don't know Jesus. And, um, in a way like that, there's a promised presence that's significant and sacramental, I guess is important mm. wow. to me. Um, sorry. I just, I'm saying, mm, wow. Cause it's like, 
The terms are getting very... Uh, I'm sorry. I try really hard not to use the terms. Was it sacramental when I ate that muffin? Were you? Is that Was that what you were thinking? Um, when I broke the muffin top off, was it was that Seinfeldian or sacramental? It was more Seinfeldian. <laughs> um, well, and I think probably it, it, it loses its sacramental when, when people, when we rush it, when you and I didn't stop to like take a moment to right. it, honor God for having provided for us. Right. You know, we, we were poor pastors rushing around trying mm-hmm. to get a half hour podcast together, shoving food in our mouths. Right. And it loses some some of that. So that's why I think communion, like you were saying, we forget the grace of the gospel. And that's why it's so important to have communion every week. Is it is a reminder for when you break the muffin and I eat the bread that, or the sandwich that we should be yeah. probably pausing to appreciate that grace. So I just, I just listened to a podcast on the way here because I've got a, a long drive I now do. So I'm listening to more stuff. The one thing that came up just incidentally in it was something, it was about, it was about New Testament texts, huh. but, um, well, not a guess that. this is a gospel coalition. Gospel coalition. Yeah. Um, but one thing that came up briefly in it was the debate as to whether the, you know, the disciples and Jesus took the Passover meal together or, you know, had the apostle John cast it that Christ was sacrificed when the Passover lambs were being slain, mm-hmm. in, w- in which case they didn't take the Passover meal. They broke bread and wine, but it was just a, a more of a regular meal. And that changes the way that you view the Lord's Supper, because if it's the Passover meal, um, then it's this is something that was done once a year and very much, you know, insider. If it was a regular meal, you know, then this is the just the everyday activity of eating. Um, and so that, I don't know, that kind of stuff is interesting too. I know like, you know, that's, people think about these things well, and, sure. and it matters. Within the, like within the Pauline, like, not Pauline, sorry, Johnian thing, like in Gospel John, uh, you know, there are four cups in the Passover meal. Yeah. And the fourth cup, if you, kind of looks the way John sets it up. The fourth cup is the vinegar that is put oh, up. Yeah. And so a lot of people argue that the third cup is what he holds up. That his Passover meal was interrupted. Yeah. Is kind of like he interrupts it. Like we read it very quickly, but the trauma of you know Judas leaving and what he says about the trail yeah. is like that's a dramatic experience for twelve guys who've been hanging out for a long time. Yeah, and we kind of read over it, and the the drama of Jesus washing their feet. Like, there's a lot going on there. That, yeah, we don't know about. Hey, the pavers are are coming. Man, they said tonight, but it's like now. Yeah, it's now, happening. Now. Yeah. Anyway, I thought they said tonight. So uh, you know, hopefully they they don't just mill our cars up in the. I think they're going down the center. Anyway. Yeah, they have you don't. You people don't care. It's already over by the time you're hearing this. So yes. What of it? Just uh, enjoy, loud. enjoy potential uh, background hum. Consider it like the old days of Faith Over Breakfast when you could hear someone cooking. Right. Now it's just asphalt being ground to bits. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually interested to go look at it, but I don't think it's the time. I think we just keep going. You think we keep going? Okay. Or yeah. we could actually just tack this on to the back end of our last podcast and make it all one. No, let's <laughs> no. not do that. So, um, 
so you know anyway that the way that you view that stuff matters because like if it's if this was a regular meal with his disciples and it doesn't have to be cause so some churches do it once a year they right. take the Lord's Supper once a year and that usually comes out of the belief that this was replacing the Passover right. and I think I'm taking more of the view that this was like I mean though it was a special you know moment that and Jesus did declare I would say to the church he entrusted this to the church um you know, if it if it was a regular meal of some of some form, then it it has more of a regular place in the worshiping yeah. community. Uh, so that's kind of the part of the rationale. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think for me, growing up, like, and I grew up as I said, I, I grew up in the Brethren, but then also in very you know low church Baptist kind of atmospheres where communion was like. You know, First Corinthians 11, which talks a lot about, you know, where, you know, we have to make sure you don't take the table, you don't take God's body into you in a way that's inappropriate, meaning you're in a place of sin, was what I was told. Yeah. And and you need to, maybe there was unconfessed sin. You might need to reconcile with somebody. Right. And, and so uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of angst about, um, is there some sin I don't know about? Is somebody offended by me? Uh, you know, have I ask enough forgiveness for the thing that I did that nobody knows about. Yeah. Those things. Um, And so that became, so community became such a a place of of fear. Yeah. And not a place of joy and gratitude. Um, That having it every week is a place for me to just be like, no, I actually don't know all my sins. Uh, We have a time in our service, like I think you do too, before communion, where there's actually a public confession. Right, where we all read a confession. Uh, we, we, also, no, we don't necessarily do well. They're somewhat, yeah. You know, we have an internal confession, time, yeah. Right before that, uh, our, you know, we're getting to be more high church than you are. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you're saying sacrament. You're calling things sacramental. Yeah, you wow. gotta watch out for me. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so there is that, but instead of having the confession be something that, at least from my perspective, that we do individually, is a public thing of saying, hey. We all know these things. Yeah. Let's confess them together, and then we can come to the table um, as a people who who have said, "Yeah, thank you, Jesus, for 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 what you've done in our life and right. making your life, you know, possible to like live with joy and not shame." Yeah, I mean, we had I spoke with somebody recently or church who was yeah, but I think very concerned that maybe they hadn't reconciled with somebody, and it it dawned on me that. Man, it like, you know, I I can't say that I everybody in the world and I are reconciled, <laughs> you know, or ever have been. <laughs> you know, I was like, man, you know that. I, I mean, I I can see that like from the scripture, and I, you know, I think I want to press into into what all that means a little bit more. But it's like it, there, there, we're living under under the grace of God, and so I would. I would assume if you're stubbornly unreconciled because you just, you know, you have no, so you're, you're the type, you know, who will not give mercy, mm-hmm. you know, like in the parables of the unmerciful servant or something, you know, if you're in that category, then you know, maybe that examination is very apt, but to try to like, just make sure your slate is totally clean. Like, I don't, I don't see how that's a gospel principle. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I think it's interesting because the passage that people think about that Jesus is talking about 
isn't it usually you're bringing an offering to the temple and then if you think of something then you need to leave your offering there and leave go, right, go. so we've equated the uh, the offering uh, of the mm-hmm. sacrifice to jesus's sacrifice which has already happened so it's, it's an interesting yeah, i think it's parallel. i mean there's there's Paul where he talks about taking it in an yeah, unworthy unworthy manner. manner, yeah. So that's like we said, first Corinthians eleven. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, obviously reconciliation is is very important yeah. in the New Testament. You know, that's no no doubt. Yeah. Oh, it seems like communion can push that. That the yeah. Lord's table can push reconciliation and, and encourage us to be there. Yeah. Because there's no condemnation in Christ. Yes, it makes it's making it possible for this to be done, yes. right? So it's like you kind of need both. Like you need the Lord's Supper to reconcile, and you need reconciliation to uh, engage in the Lord's Supper. I think that might be enough for today. Yeah, especially considering that we probably need to go move our cars. Yeah, but that actually, that's I think we've said it. Yeah, we said a lot of good, good things for people to think about. I think. And yeah, that process started. Yeah, perfect. So thanks for joining me and. 